Hi, everyone. I'm Susan Dyer, and I was born clairvoyant and had a really epic near-death experience in 2017. I had been really ill from chronic Lyme disease for about a year. I had a cane, I had a walker, and there were very long periods where I could not walk at all. And one night happened where I knew I was going to die. And I know that sounds weird, but I knew it. You know, my friends had been telling me that for months and I was like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. But that night I quietly knew that they were right. So I started climbing up the stairs and my guides told me, you have one more chance if you get out of your body tonight. And I started freaking out because I have never at that time astral traveled on command. I was like, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to do that. And then they told me how to do that. So I got out of my body and there was a speeding charcoal gray tunnel. And I did quickly think like, wait, uh, aren't you supposed to be like happy looking and white light and stuff, but whatever. I went in, I didn't know where it was going. I was terrified. I didn't know like if other beings were going to join me in this ride. All I knew was at the time I was thinking, okay, this is gonna be like cosmic triple A. I'm gonna find an off-duty angel who's going to give me a boost and it'll somehow get me through. So I ended up in like wet velvet darkness, no light, no sound. I was terrified because as a clairvoyant, I was so afraid of the dark. It's similar to why movie theaters turn out the lights because it makes the image so much more illuminated. And with clairvoyance, it's the same thing. I see things all day, but at night it is far more vivid. And I immediately said, God, please take me somewhere safe and good. And no time passed. I was immediately immersed in these blazing gold rays and I could see the rays. I could see the actual rays. They were so brilliant. I can't really describe them because I don't think that intensity exists here. And the first thing God asked was, do you want to stay here or do you want to go? I said, no, 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 no. I want to go home. This was all telepathic. None of this, what I'm about to say, was spoken. So I said, no, I want to go home. And with my mind, I just threw up an IMAX sized photo of my two boys. And this sounds really weird, but I was worried God wouldn't believe me. And so I thought I should do something to prove to God that I really want to go home. I started pulling like hand over hand, my silver cord. We all have that, that silver cord. I don't know what it's made of, but it disconnects completely when you die. And I was pulling on that and thinking, I don't know how long this is going to take. I don't even know where I am. This could be years to get home. And that was that. That didn't happen. God and I had a beautiful exchange. Before this, I thought of God as a vague but loving energy. And in this experience, I was shocked 
there is nothing vague about God. He knew me better than my best friend. And the one thing that is most important is that I promised to him I would go home and live transparently. And I knew what that meant. That meant coming out of the spiritual closet because I had been in the spiritual closet since kindergarten. I started when I was little, going into my parents' room every night, crying in fear about what was in my room. My dad would tell me every night, it's not real, it's your overactive imagination go back to bed. And there were times when I thought there is no way I can go back in there. But there were times like when a huge green and yellow portal took over the headboard of my bed and uh, there were two extraterrestrial beings watching me sleep and they were communicating and it seemed like they were observing me. I had one specific spirit that was with me all the time, kind of like Linus with that cloud. And it did not act like any of the other spirits. It was slow, it was not see-through, and it felt like it had eyeballs. And, and just so you know, that spirit was Archangel Michael, and he protects extrasensory kids. It's one of his most joyful duties that a lot of people don't know. So by kindergarten, I knew I was weird and broken. So I tucked myself away in kindergarten. And it was not until I was 40 years old, exchanging with God, that I promised I would live transparently, which was my greatest fear. So after God and I had this exchange and I promised that to him, I was immediately with Jesus. And I have to tell you, I was not expecting that. By this point, I knew I loved God, but was not into any religion. I just wanted to love God and have my own personal spiritual life. Not only that, but he really looked like the Hallmark card version of Jesus, which I know is not true. You know he had darker skin, you know? But this Jesus was, I guess, like the popular Jesus, light brown hair, blue eyes. And he was wearing a robe with a tie around it. And he put his palms out to me. And he said, do you want to get better? And I grabbed his hand and I said this like the whole time we were together. I was mentally screaming, I'm going to get better as fast as I can over and over. And we flied through something that was every shade of green. And if you don't know, green is the usual color of our heart chakra. And green is the usual color of Archangel Raphael, who is the significant hero of all the archangels. At the end of it, Jesus said, is there anywhere else you'd like to go? And I said, yes, I want to go to this specific spaceship. I had a guide who I knew was not embodied. 
but somehow I knew that if I could go onto the ship, he could manifest a vessel and I could actually be with him. I call him Perry. By the way, for those of you guys who are so interested in all of this, I want you to know names don't matter at all. What actually matters is just the quality of your relationship. That's it. So Jesus, in a flash, took me to the outside hull of a very large spaceship. And on the door was essentially a coat of arms. In the same way, a medieval shield, or to a lesser degree, a boat, explains their origins and the beings on board and their purpose. It was all there. And Jesus made sure that I read all of it. And it was not in English. It was in symbols. But somehow, you know, I knew. And I was so excited. I was like, yes, yes, this is the one. This is the one. And then I was inside the ship. And I know now that beings and places, for those of you who astral travel, all of that is shaped around what you are comfortable with so that you do not get scared, you know? And I arrived into what looked like a 1950s NASA gift shop. And I saw Perry and he was talking to another customer, which I was really annoyed about. It's like, get, get out of here, man. And for those of you who have read Contact or seen the movie Contact, it, in the movie, Jodie Foster, does end up at her destination. And an extraterrestrial being comes to greet her. And that being comes in the form of her dad. And she knows it's not her dad. But that is very, very realistic. So Perry, from the neck down, looked exactly like my dad. The exact clothing. But from the head up, he just looked like another dad who was really kind. And that customer finally got out of there and I finally got to hug my longtime guide who was never in form. And it was such a meaningful moment. And after that, I woke up in my bed. And I wanna mention something really quickly that is so important, so important. I did not channel this until about two years after my experience but basically i was talking to jesus and he told me susan you realize i didn't heal you because when i woke up from my experience i could walk and i knew it i sat up in bed and my cane was laying against my nightstand and i looked at the cane and i knew i could walk i knew it like it, it was not even a question i wasn't even hesitant like put my feet down on the ground i was just so excited i mean it was what somebody else would call a miracle and my blood they were about to start chelating my blood because it was absolutely full of iron it's called hemochromatosis and that doctor did my labs pretty soon after this experience and all of the iron was gone and he could not understand he did not understand 
He'd never seen that before. And I'm a nerd kind of. And I was like, well, if you really want to know, I can tell you, but you're going to think it's really weird. And I just told him, I was like, I had a near death experience. So living out that promise to God of living transparently meant coming out of the spiritual closet, which besides the dark was my worst fear. None of my friends, nobody knew this. I was going to the grave with this. I was so weird. By this time, I thought I was actually intrinsically unlovable. And now I was going to go on YouTube and talk about spaceships and clairvoyant sightings that are, you know, were very, very interesting. I did not want to do that at all. I was so scared. And I did lose a bunch of friends from doing that. And I still lose potential friends from telling them what, what it is I do. But I came out of the spiritual closet and what has happened is my entire life changed. I went from thinking, if I get better, you know, I'm just going to be an author and everything changed. Everything, I had a new North Star and that was to help other women who were awakening or, you know, finding themselves really interested in this. Because if that's you, that likely means that you have some kind of gift in some kind of way. And I do know that the women I mentor we have very strong bonds and I know that, that I am genuinely helping them. And I rely on that when more superficial things happen, like going to social events. I, I still struggle with knowing what to say and I've kind of accepted it, but I definitely don't fit in. I live in Washington, DC. <laughs> But I'm doing it. I am living out my promise to that.